You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. We're going to do a little breakdown of Thursday night football, but I think the score and that game sort of explained itself, a very simple breakdown of 49ers Packers and we'll make our picks including our six pack of best bets for Sunday's games in week nine this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it Pepsi made for football watching at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find my co-host, Matt Williamson. Let's start with Thursday Night Football before we get to these Sunday games, Matt. And it happened despite some COVID in both locker rooms and a couple of surprises, actually, as to who was playing in this game. Aaron Jones got the start. He yeah. was actually in there. He was involved heavily early, but this was a situation where it was just too much for the 49ers to overcome, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had their way, essentially, and a uh, bad game script for a 49ers team that really wanted to run the ball but couldn't because they didn't have a lead. Yeah, and from a Packers perspective, it's great because you get it's a nice get-right game. You have a nice long week now after this, and you know you you got Aaron Jones out there, like you said, but didn't need him for the second half. So just get what you need out of him, get out of there. Uh, Adams remains basically the best receiver in the league right now. Rogers is playing great, and it really, as you know, and not going to rub it in or anything. It's just not a very competitive game. I mean, they were pretty much overmatched from the start, and you got to think that the Niners are. Not playing for next year, but the playoffs seem really far out of reach right now. And it's impressive. You, you, when you watch, and you, it's the only game on, and you get to really focus on it and see how Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams operate. Yeah. And, and I agree. The thing that puts Devontae Adams at the top, and he's maybe not the most physically impressive guy, although he's quick and, and has nice size and everything. He's not 6'4". He's not DK Metcalf. You know, he's not Megatron. Mm-hmm. Not Tyreek Hill speed. Right. Or, you know. But, right. The graduate level stuff that they're doing and just the nuance of Devontae Adams, the way he wins in every part of the route, the way he wins at his release, the way he wins at his break on his stem of his route, the way he wins at the catch point and creates late separation, has such great hands and great ball skills. And then you pair that with Aaron Rodgers and where he places the ball in that first touchdown pass. I mean, you might look at it and say, hey, you know, cool play, touchdown. But the way that Devontae Adams runs the route to give himself some room at the sideline and then just a little nudge to push off and and use that room that he created on the sideline to go get the football, go up and catch it with his pure hands. And Rodgers knows that, puts it right on the sideline where he knows Devontae can go get it. I mean, it's just it's pretty impressive to watch that play out. Yeah, you're right. Graduate level stuff for sure. Doctorate level stuff. I mean, to the naked eye, it seems kind of easy. Oh, Rodgers is throwing it his direction and he's making a play. No, those back shoulder things that they do and all the different things you mentioned take a ton of time. I mean, it's like Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison running thousands of routes after practice every day. You know, it gets to that level. And for the 49ers side, look, I mean, nobody expected a lot from this team. They were the dogs for a reason. Nick Mullins 
proving more and more that he's a backup quarterback and they're not going to get anything special out of him, but he didn't have much to throw to. There was a breakout for Richie James, who's a player I've liked and I've talked a lot about in Locked On 49ers. So it was good to see him get some opportunities. And he actually had a line very similar to Devontae Adams, 10 catch. So Adams was 10 catches, 173 and a touchdown. Richie James had nine catches for 184 and a touchdown. Uh, he's usually a kick return guy, but because of all the injuries and, and the COVID, he got himself an opportunity, and I think he deserves at least to have some more opportunities. So there's some things you can take away from this, I think, for some 49ers that are playing for future roster spots and, and future positions on the depth chart. I don't want to harp on this game because we have so many to break down, but just give us your thumbnail on James. And he seems like he's fantasy relevant from this point on too, don't you think? I have a feeling he's going to be buried again. Uh, I okay. did have some texts with some friends when last minute because he, he was hurt and he had a bad ankle. And I think he's actually a little bit even more explosive and athletic than we saw because I think he was still favoring that ankle. He was only a 50% chance to play this game at the start of the week. Um, but And he's not the most explosive guy, most explosive kick returner, but I always thought there was more on offense for him as a wide receiver. And the way that Kyle Shanahan uses his players, he can do a lot of the gadget stuff. You can hand the ball off to him. He was a Wildcat quarterback in college and in, in high school. And uh, he can put he can play outside. He can play in the slot. He's got a little after the catch. You know, he, he plays bigger and tougher than his small stature. So he's a player I like a lot, but I think he will get lost once Iuke is back, once Debo's back. Once Kendrick sure. Bourne's back, I mean, you know, third or fourth wide receiver at best in an offense that's really not done well at getting the ball to their wide receivers. So fantasy relevance beyond this game, I, I'm really not so sure going forward. But his roster okay. spot is is a lot more secured because coming into the season, wasn't sure who was going to make it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, uh, let's talk Sunday games, right? Uh, do we, you know, what? Let's wait and let's get to our picks. We'll make our six pack of best bets for Sunday. We're we're looking good with the Action Network. This is a fun thing we're doing this season and keeping track. And halfway through the year, Matt, we are up one pick on Action Network. We've gotten 28 of our 48 correct. The Action Network has gotten 27 of their 48 correct in our six-pack of picks. And guess what, Matt? You've closed the gap on me as well. We are exactly tied at 14 correct picks apiece for you and I this season when we split that up nice. out of 24. And uh, everybody's over 50%, so that means we're in the money on the season. So if you've been following along and doing all the bets we've done all season long, and I don't recommend listening to me and making the bets that, that I that I am picking, but you would have made money so far this year. Not big money, but you would be on the plus side for sure. Yeah, good stuff. We have done pretty well. I know from a personal level, I've made more than I've lost this year, so good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and so we'll try to keep it going here in week nine, and we'll preview all of Sunday's games coming up on Peacock and Williamson. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. A refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us keeping track of our picks every week. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Interesting week here, Matt. There's COVID complications in numerous buildings this week. Everything going on as planned, though, which I think is going to be the ML going forward for the NFL and they're investigating the Niners we talked about uh, with maybe some protocol violations and now the Oakland or the sorry the Las Vegas Raiders they actually are losing a draft pick they're losing a sixth yeah. round draft pick and being fined I think it was six hundred thousand dollars or something like that because of 
continued in multiple protocol violations for COVID-19 in their building, which is which is interesting. So I think we might start to see that as well with the league coming down and starting to investigate more teams if they're not properly doing things and have everyone masked up as needed. Yeah, and I think the Steelers got fined today too. I should know that if all, of all people, but I think that <laughs> happened too. Oh, wow. But I'm a little, they let the Titans slide. They had like weeks worth of violations and going and practicing together and they take a draft pick off the Raiders. Like, yeah. Tennessee wasn't good, boys. That's very interesting. Tennessee had the worst one. And, and right. maybe they found that it wasn't. Be- for them and, right. Maybe they found it wasn't because of protocols and it was something else and just it happened that way. So I don't know what the investigation went. Or maybe that was the wake up call where they said, you know what? We're going to start investigating people now and maybe start putting down some violations. So maybe the Titans kind of skated through. But uh, that is a, that is a great point there. I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah, I thought they were going to get hit hard, and nothing really happened. Uh, do you have your first pick ready? I will let you go first sure. this week, Matt, and okay. make your selection uh, of our. I don't feel super picks. strong about my picks. I mean, there's a lot of games that I'm clearly going to go one way or the other, but in terms of our six pack and the ones that are jumping out at me, I'm going to go KC minus ten and a half is what I'm looking at hosting the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there could be wind. Um, I think Teddy could struggle in the wind. I don't know that Mahomes will, but you know maybe that is influences the point totals. But I just think that the Chiefs' offense has so much more talent and firepower than this young Panthers D that I think they'll get past ten without much problem. I like that one. That was on my short list of okay. games I was thinking about picking, and I'm with you. Uh, the, the Chiefs don't even have to roll and can win by ten points in this right. game. So that, that that's why I like this game because they can abs- absolutely put up those points and um, it would be a shocker if they didn't win this game. And as nice of a story as the Panthers have been going in the right direction, they're not ready to go toe to toe with the Kansas city chiefs right now. No, I don't think so. Even with McCaffrey and uh, right. it'll be a fun game to watch and there could be some points, but I just think that's playing in the Kansas city's hands. Well, I'm going to stay with the hot hand approach, Matt. And uh, just in case you were going to do this, you don't have to look like a Homer. The Action Network going head-to-head. They had Cowboys, and I understand it's a big line, but I do not like anything that's going on with the Cowboys. And Ben DiNucci might not be playing this game, but the guy who is starting at quarterback is a player they thought wasn't as good as Ben DiNucci last week to start. So that tells you something about um, what's happening with the Cowboys. They have not covered yet. It's a two-touchdown line, which is large, but I don't care. I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take the Steelers minus 14 against the Cowboys. Steelers staying unbeaten. Cowboys staying um, beaten against the spread. Yeah, and I was torn a little up until last night of what direction I was going to go here. And a couple weeks ago, I looked at this and thought, this could be a spot the Steelers stumble or don't play their best You know, after Ravens week. But that would have been if Dalton had been the quarterback. I mean, these guys haven't thrown any passes. The, the line is so bad for Dallas. Offensive line against that Steeler front that I almost don't know how Dallas is going to move the ball. Zeke's right. a little bit banged up, too. I mean, we had I do a Steeler pregame show every Thursday night, and we had Rick Goslin on. He's a very well-known writer from the Dallas area. And he's like, I don't care what the line is. Just take this. Don't ever take the Dallas Cowboys plus the points, whatever it is, because they're worse than you think. I'm like, all right, so I'm with you. Yeah, and that's kind of the vibe I'm getting with that team. And yeah. so that's that's why I went with it, even though it's 14 points. And, you know, the Cowboys could very easily keep it closer, and maybe it stays a low-scoring game, and, and 
The Steelers Maybe. don't pour it on in the second half, but I just don't see the Cowboys scoring enough points, and the Steelers are plenty good to put up points on an awful Cowboys defense. So just the combination of ineptitude on both sides of the ball right now in Dallas. I mean, 14, I'm fine with it. Yeah, me too. It's a big number, and maybe the Steelers don't keep their foot on the gas. Like the Chiefs was a big number too, and I, you know, I think they throw late in the game and keep their foot on the gas. Where I'm not sure Pittsburgh will, but Dallas is really bad right now. And let me actually put it this way: we had talked a lot about the Steelers last season and what happened without Big Ben. What's going on with the Dallas Cowboys right now is like the Duck Hodges. Steelers right. on offense, but then an awful defense to go with it instead of one of the better defenses in the league to keep their head above water. Yeah, we uh, on my Steelers show, we were making that comparison all week long. You know, when Steelers got to eight and eight, and frankly, I've been kind of praising Tomlin. Like, folks, this is what the Steeler offense looked like last year, but they still won games. You know, they were still able to manufacture wins, and the Steeler D is a lot better than Dallas' D. But, I mean, the wheels could have came off in Pittsburgh last year just like they have in Dallas, and they didn't. They got the 8-8. Absolutely. All right, we've got Chiefs, we've got Steelers, a, a couple of big favorites so far, Matt. Who else you got? What's your second pick in our Sunday six-pack? I like Seattle. Um, I'm really down on the Bills' defense right now, and I think this has shootout potential. And start all your fantasy guys, lots of passing. I think it could be a good right game for Allen, who hasn't played as well lately. But it's only three and a half, and I just think Seattle's a noticeably better team. And we talked about it yesterday. Cross-country road trips don't bother them at all. Love this one. This was going to be my next pick, too. And mm. the Seahawks might have got a little bit of a get-right game on defense because that's really the side of the ball that's not been going well for them. Jamal Adams nearing a return there. They're going to get some more pieces back on that side. Their offense looks just ridiculous and dynamic right now in the passing game. So we'll see if it turns out to be a DK game or a locket game for the Seahawks. But yeah, I mean, come on. It's right now the way they're playing. The Bills are a good football team, but I, I just have the Seahawks well ahead and their firepower is scary. And so until the team slows them down, I'm going to go Seahawks here and, and not enough not enough points for them as a favorite. Yeah, good me call. too. Good call. Bears Titans. I I wanted to avoid this one at first, and, and the more I look into it, the more I'm realizing that uh, I, I'm down enough on the Bears here that I'm going to give up the six points and go with another favorite. We're all favorites so far here, Matt. I'm going to go Titans and give up the six points over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it was on my list as well. I mean, generally speaking, Bears plus six and a half against anybody. It's probably a good bet because they're going to play close games. I have great respect for their defense. But I think Tennessee is a tier, if not two tiers, ahead of the Bears. It's in their building. I think they can get a touchdown lead when it's all said and done. And just a lot of Derrick Henry. And you know, some of these defenses are really good. But if they're playing 35 minutes, you know, they just get worn down. And I think Henry just tramps these, you know, trollops these guys and runs all over them when it's all said and done in the fourth quarter. Titans sent a message by releasing Vic Beasley. I want to see who's left there in that front. Landry, Simmons, especially Clowney, get after the quarterback because they need to rush the passer better. I think that's one of the missing pieces right now with the Titans defense. And I love the firepower and offense. You mentioned Henry. They have both AJ Brown and Corey Davis healthy now who've both done big things so far this season. We're all favorites so far. Do you have any dogs with your last pick here? Uh, let's take one. I got two I'm torn with since I'm leaning towards the dogs here. 
I'll take the Giants plus two and a half or wherever. I've seen it at three. I've seen it at three and a half. I just think they're equal teams. And a home field advantage doesn't matter like it used to. They're very familiar with one another. I know he's turned the ball over a lot. How about this stat? I read this stat yesterday. Over combined the 2019 and 2020 seasons, Daniel Jones has the most turnovers in the league. Like That doesn't surprise anybody, right? You know who's second? Jameis Winston. <laughs> he hasn't even played this year. <laughs> wow, that's pretty amazing. That's awesome, yeah. A whole half but, season. Yeah, hasn't played at all this year. Not one snap. And he's second over the last few years in turnovers. Anyway, that being said, I do think Jones is playing decent. Uh, the turnovers aside, they have some playmakers. I think the Giants' D is pretty good. I know the Washington D is pretty good. Whoever would have got points in that game, I would have picked. I'm going to go the other way on this one, just because the if the number's two and a half, I think Washington can win by a field goal here and not so much a home team thing. I just don't like the Giants at all. And, and Washington can do enough to pressure. And I think, and you know, the Giants did put a few good things on film last week, so maybe they're turning somewhat of a corner, even though we, we know they're not going anywhere this year. But mm-hmm. I just like the way Washington's playing better. I like the the full team concept there. I think they've got playmakers on offense. I think their quarterback situation, while it doesn't wow you, it's at least calmed down after they got rid of Haskins and got him out of there. I think you can just you can count on a, a sort of baseline of below average play rather than getting awful play and maybe a few good yeah. plays sprinkled in. And the defensive line is still very good that can uh, pressure Daniel Jones. So I'll, I'll go with Washington here, although I don't really love giving up points for a two and five Washington team, but it is against the Giants. Right. It's the only scenario I think I would do that: Jets or Giants. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, I expect to be a low-scoring game. I'm I'm shocked that it's noticeably, noticeably better without Haskins in there. And it's not like they went to Alex Smith that has a track record or someone that we think is a good quarterback. It's like now they're a comparable off. I mean, they're okay. They're not an embarrassment on offense. I'm trying to find an underdog I like here, and there is not many. So I'm going to go with another favorite. This one is actually, the line is moving. Yesterday, Chris Raybon of the Action Network had the Saints plus five beating the Buccaneers. I'm going to go head-to-head with the Action Network again here. I'm going to take the Bucks, and the line has moved to four and a half. So it uh, looks like more money has come in on the Saints. And I just like the Buccaneers. The Saints, I keep expecting more, and I'm not getting more. So until I see more, I'm going to sort of pause on my Saints love because I picked them to represent the NFC at the start of the season. And uh, I've fully flipped over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think the Buccaneers uh, are going to win this one against the Saints uh, by a touchdown, by six or seven points. So four and a half is fine for me to give up here. I'm going all favorites. I'm going to go Bucks minus four and a half over the Saints. Yeah, they're on my list as well. And I keep expecting the Saints to look better. You know, I keep at the beginning of the year, I thought they were maybe had the best roster in the league, fewest holes. It's not really playing out that way. And Michael Thomas has been out and he may, may or may not play. I know Godwin may or may not play, but AB will and Evans will and Gronk looks good. Uh, I like the Bucks here as well. Um, it, it, it's, I think the Saints have won five in a row, but it's like the quietest win streak ever. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and look, the Buccaneers didn't look amazing last week and kept it close no. against the New York Giants. So maybe I'm overrating where the Buccaneers are, but I, I think they're a team that's just going to, you know, they're just going to win a lot of games the rest of the way. And the Saints is a team that's going to win a lot of games. Both of these are playoff teams. 
I'm sort of talking myself into the Saints side of things right now just because I think it could be maybe, you know, one of those division matchups closer than people think could go either way. So in those cases, you want to take the points, which I think is, is a lot of the reason why um, Chris took the Saints last week. But I just feel so much more confident in the Buccaneers. And four and a half isn't that many points to where I think the Bucs, there's potential for the Bucs to, to really go big on the Saints. And I just don't see it possible the other way. Here's a little nugget too. Bruce Arians, I think, said Antonio Brown's going to play somewhere between like 10 and 20 snaps. I will take the way, way over on that. And here's the prediction is A.B. will go out there in the first series. Brady will throw to him over and over and over. Everyone in the stadium will be going, he's awesome. Why would we take him off the field? And he lives with Brady and Giselle. I mean, do you think he's been in Brady's <laughs> ear all week about getting the ball? You think Giselle is laying there in bed with Tom like, you better throw him the ball. I'm tired of hearing it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's another issue if uh, Tom and Giselle are laying in bed and she's talking about Antonio Brown. So, uh, yeah, that's that's another interesting scenario there that could pop up in the Brady household. That's hilarious. But uh, I'm sure it's a big home and they don't have to be together all the time. I'm sure it's a pretty nice place to live. But, you know, they're going to drive the game together. They're going to drive home together. The kids, you know, like AB's getting the ball. Yeah, he's... uh, Uncle Antonio at this point, right? To, right, to the Brady right. children. And uh, it's there's only one reason Antonio Brown's on the Bucks right now, and it's Tom Brady, and he's the guy that controls the right. ball every play. Right, right. I don't care what Arian says. or He may believe that Antonio's only playing 10 to 20 snaps until he's on the field. Odd week here. I'm not sure how I feel about my picks, but this is what we've got. I've got Steelers, Titans, Bucks, all favorites. Matt has Chiefs, Seahawks, and... Giants. It'll be fun to track those games this week. Let's get into the rest of the Sunday games. Matt here on Peacock and Williamson. One of the games I looked at originally and I thought, man, I really want to take the Baltimore Ravens and Baltimore's only favored by one and a half points. They're on the road. I don't care about home and road hardly at all. You know, uh, I think it was Chris that said it's more like a half point this year rather than the two and a half to three points as it normally is. So, you know, if that makes it, uh, you know, a two point line instead, I'll still take the Baltimore Ravens over the Colts, I didn't feel good enough because I do like the way the Colts are playing on defense. Uh, offensively, I think they're they're doing plenty to win football games, obviously at 5-2, and two, but sort of like the Saints we talked about, we haven't seen them at their full capacity yet, and I'm expecting more. I'm starting to feel like we're going to see that with the Ravens more than we're going to see it with the Saints. And and who knows, maybe this is one of those games where you're like, wow, the Ravens played a good team and they went off. Like this is the scary Ravens team that we're going to that we're that nobody wants to face in the playoffs. I'm going the other way. And I bet I change your mind a little bit, although I have massive respect for the Ravens. And when I saw them lose to Pittsburgh, I kind of told myself I'm betting on them next week, no matter what, because they're going to come back. Guns a blazing. They found a back in Dobbins. Lamar's better than this. You know, they're not going to turn the ball over. But their record post Steeler games is quite bad. You know, it just takes a lot out of both those teams. The Steelers are like 500 after Raven games. Marlon Humphrey's their best corner. He's on the COVID list. He's not playing. I think the one of the underreported stories about the Ravens this year is they have really missed Marshall Yonda. And when I did tons of work last week preparing for Steelers Ravens, it was very apparent. And then his, you know, his uh, you know replacement went out. I don't think he's playing in this game. The right guard, and more importantly, Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, is out for the year. So yeah. their line is in bad shape, and that Colts front is rough and comes after you. And 
I think Leonard and that fast defense will contain Lamar as a runner, keep a lot of eyes on him, a lot of zone coverage. I just don't think it's a real good matchup for the Ravens. So if you're going to give me points in Indy, and I know home field doesn't matter, but the Colts have like killed everyone in their building this week, this year. They've been really, really good at home. It's probably a fluke, but yeah. no, I'll you're take right. the Colts in points. That's a good argument. And the Ronnie Stanley's the big one there. You definitely yeah. don't like seeing that. And who knows? Maybe this is one of those games where Lamar's running a lot more, and maybe that's a good thing potentially for the Ravens offense and, and making big plays that way and extending things. It's definitely going to be one of the top games I'm watching on the docket for Sunday morning. Uh, morning Pacific time, afternoon for you East Coast folks. One of the things that I came away with last week when actually talking to you about Steelers-Ravens, as uh, even though the Steelers won that game, you said, yeah, you know what? The, the Ravens played better in a lot of ways. And, I thought and, they were the better team. That yeah, day. and could have yeah. easily won that game. And that kind of sticks out to me too. Uh, but you make a lot of good points there, which is why this line is so close. But I'm going to stick with the Ravens. But uh, I can yeah, see why I you would pick the Colts. That, that's sound reasoning. I have a hard time believing the Ravens are going to drop two in a row. See, we skipped over something. Oh, yeah, we got Broncos Falcons in the morning here. The three and four Broncos on the road at the two and eight Falcons. Falcons favored at home by four here, which is another game that was close on my list where I thought I want to go Broncos, but it's just uh, Broncos are a hard team to bet on, even if they're getting points. Yeah, I'm going to take Denver too. They were they weren't in my six pack. Um, and a lot of it's just because I don't think Drew Locke reads coverage as well, but he's very, very aggressive. The Falcons' defense is about as vanilla as it gets. You know, like, yeah. I don't think they're going to confuse them much. Uh, there's some developing weapons for the Broncos. I think Locke will be guns a-blazing, very sneaky fantasy start, I mean, against a bad defense. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And Denver's D is noticeably better than Atlanta's. It's well-coached. Um, I think that they'll do a good job against the run. But if you're going to give me four, I'll, I like Denver in a kind of a sneaky spot here. That's a good point about reading coverage. If there's not a lot of coverage out there to read, then it's it makes things a lot easier for the quarterback. Yeah, and, right. and that Falcons secondary has been pretty bad for a while now. And Drew Locke is an interesting one because I loved the way he finished the game last week and came came back. And I think he he I think he crossed a hurdle essentially. And he's a young quarterback. And you always want to take a one or two game stretch and and bury a quarterback or or say he's amazing if he plays well for a couple of weeks. And and he looked good early in the season or looked better early in the season than he did when he came back from injury. And I think maybe he, he crossed a hurdle last week when he came back and he even made a speech to the team is like, this is dumb. I'm not playing well. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's go play free. Let's go win this thing. And he went out and did it. And so that was, I think a really good sign for the Broncos. And I do like the way they're coached on the defensive side of the ball over unders 50 here. Uh, I think I'm going to go over on this one. Yeah, me too. And, and Locke probably should have been a Wednesday stock up guy. You know what? He should have. I think we might have missed yeah. that, and we'll see if he can keep it going. He might show up on this week's, uh, our next week's stock up, stock down, if he can keep it going against the Falcons secondary, and there's a good chance he does, and I'm still waiting for that. And look, uh, the rookie first-round wide receiver, Jerry Judy's had a nice rookie season. I'm still waiting for that I super think he's breakout. Ready to pop. I really has, you know, 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and, and this could be that game. Yeah, if you're thinking about, should I start Jerry Judy or this other guy that's comparable this week? Start Judy and send me a tweet on Sunday night that, thanks, Matt, that was a good advice. Yeah. You tore it up. I think I, he's ready to explode. I am with you on that. I am absolutely yeah. with you on that. Let's go, where are we at here? Let's go Lions at the Vikings. We've got the three and four Lions at the two and five Vikings. I feel like the Vikings are playing a little bit better ball now. This is another game where there's some COVID happening and the line is actually off the board Currently, um, because of Stafford, yeah, uh, Stafford, which is like, pff, 
let's assume he's playing because I I saw a blurb that he passed the protocol or whatever. He was just near someone that had COVID. Oh, so something. he was a he was a close contact. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, I'm, so yeah, I'm assuming he's going to play at least for the, the the sake of this podcast and for the rules out there. So this the Stafford thing popped up. I think it was Wednesday, right? And so he has plenty of time to have two negative tests. And so if you are a close contact, mm-hmm. if you have so as long as you don't test positive, if you are close contact, they keep you away and you quarantine, then you need two negative tests to pass to get back to the building. So he has plenty of time to do that if he indeed doesn't have it. So that would mean he would play. Uh, but that's why it's off the board. Right. But if, that's a huge factor. Because that's a massive factor because then, you know, yeah. then it's then it's hugely in the Vikings' favor. Um, since this right now is not on the board, I don't have in front of me what it was before it was taken off of the board. So if you're just yeah, picking them straight up, even if Stafford's playing, as you said, I, I just like the way the Vikings are playing right now versus the way the Lions are playing right now. Dalvin Cook being back, we've talked about this before, it just changes the entire Minnesota offense. Yeah, and Detroit allows a lot of big plays. Cousins doesn't throw a lot, but I think him and Locke, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're both through the top, are at the top of the league of average depth of target. I mean, I bet he connects on a long one or two when Detroit sells out to stop Cook, and I don't think they'll stop Cook all that well. No Kenny Galladay on the other side, but assuming Stafford's right, I can see a lot of points in this game too. Like, I bet Hawkinson has a good game. I I bet Swift has a good game. Marvin Jones isn't terrible. I mean, he's going to get eight to ten targets or so. I think there's a lot of points in this game. I think the Vikes win it um, with, or with, I mean, assuming Stafford plays, but I think it should be a competitive one. And by the way, Vikings are own three at home. The Lions are three and one, have all of their victories on the road this season. Huh? I don't think that's worth looking too much into, but something I just noticed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other year I'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. Big NFL draft implications with this one, Matt. We've got the one in six Houston Texans on the road at the one in six Jaguars, Houston favored by seven on the road. They're they're not good enough of a team to be favored by seven, are they? I'm going to take them. Okay. And this one should really interest Dolphin fans since they have the Texans first. Yes. You know, it obviously, you know, if the Texans lose, they don't really gain much by it. I mean, they're all in. I'm not saying the Jags want to lose, but is it a coincidence that Jake Luton's getting a start over Glennon? in a game with massive draft implications, just saying, you know, I mean, um, I'm going to take the Texans <laughs> minus seven. I just, and here's my only logic is I love Deshaun Watson. I think cooks fuller, that group can torture this defense, but it let's pretend week one never happened. And Jacksonville didn't beat the Colts in week one in a really weird year with no preseason. We would say they're the Jets. I mean, they've been as bad pretty much as the Jets mm. since then. And what if this was Jags at Jets? This, or if this was Titan, or I'm sorry, if this was Texans at Jets, right? I bet the spread would be twelve. Yeah, and in which case, I would still say, "Gosh, dang, I can't give that many points <laughs> right. on the Texans." But right. I, I see what you're saying here, and you kind of talked me into it. I think, yeah, I think seven. Since it's a touchdown, it's not more than a touchdown. The Texans are clearly the better team. Can they get it together? Is is there a big sigh of relief after the trade deadline? Nobody was traded away. You know, they can kind of relax. Mm-hmm. And there's just too much firepower, right, for the Texans to be able to put up points against that Jaguars defense. And does anybody think Jake Luton is actually better than Gardner Minshew? Does he have magical games in him? I don't know. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, when you combine all that, it's it's hard to pick the Jaguars 
against anybody as well. And I, and I think yeah. great point about They're that terrible. that week one game. They it would they would be they would be they wouldn't. I would definitely pick the Jaguars over the Jets, but yes. they would be the next worst team. They would be thirty one in everybody's power rankings. Right, right. I mean, so, if the and they Jets, might already be. And yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's they they came in and changed our opinion of them right from the bat, and we thought, wow, this is kind of an interesting team, but they really aren't. Yeah, and one of the things they had going for him was Minshew Magic, and you don't have that anymore either, right? So, no. uh, yeah, all right. I guess I'll, I'll reluctantly give up the seven points for the Texans. It's a lot, though. But I'm actually, I'm, I'm really interesting just from an off-season fun perspective. I want the Texans to have maybe even the number one overall pick or a really high pick because <laughs> I want to see what the Dolphins do because there was a rumor today that I just saw that they said, you know, there's, there's a chance they could move on from Tua and it's something they at least have to do due diligence on with if they get a chance to draft one of the top two quarterbacks if the Texans do earn you know one of the top two picks in the draft they have to think about that and it could be a situation like the Arizona Cardinals a couple years ago drafting Kyler Murray so that that's an interesting one and then another team could have an opportunity to trade for Tua or maybe trade up in the draft to get their quarterback so it really shake a lot of things up there if the Dolphins end up with a really really high draft pick from the Texans. I think that came from Schefter too, who's I know him a little bit from our ESPN days, and he's really, really good at his job, and it makes me believe that that's 100 percent true. And it also factors in why they started to uh, now. I mean, they want to see these eight, nine, ten games, whatever it is, to judge them because they are going to have the firepower. Maybe not to get to one, but they could go get you know Fields or somebody. Here's one that I almost put on my six-pack, Matt, because I was surprised that the line is even. This is a straight-up pick for the Las Vegas Raiders on the road at the Los Angeles Chargers. And I feel like with the way the Chargers have been losing games and finding ways to lose, and the Raiders showing signs of, of being a pretty good team and, and fighting for a playoff spot there, this I feel like the Raiders should be giving up points even on the road. Yeah, I, this was on my list too. This is one I didn't pick. I like the Vegas to win this game. I think Josh Jacobs will have a big game. Derek Carr is quietly playing easily like a top 10 quarterback, if not better. I'm not saying he's better than Herbert or whatever. I mean, Herbert's playing great too. But I know, I know the Chargers love to lose close games. And if there's no <laughs> points involved, I'll right. take the Chargers to lose just about anybody. And this looks like a game where they, that Vegas gave the Chargers uh, that field goal bump, right? The three point bump, because it should be the Raiders. Yeah favored by three in this game, at least against the Chargers. And here's the other thing is Herbert's already played so well. I mean, is he going to play better than that? What's their path to victory and playing better and, and win more games than they have in the past? And they already traded away one of their corners in Desmond King this week. Yeah, right. I just, I just don't trust them to win football games. I trust Herbert to look good and Keenan Allen to put up big numbers and the, the Chargers to have some star power and tease you week after week. But when the final buzzer hits, I bet they're not on top. It's just the way it goes with Anthony Lynn. Man, you know what? The more I think about it, can I change my six pack? Yeah, go ahead. Can I? Hold on. Games haven't started right Here we go, go with the sounder. Okay. I'm going to make a switch. I'm swapping out Raiders over the Chargers in a straight up pick 'em game, and I'm going to swap that Buccaneers Saints game out of there. Okay. Yeah, you were a little reluctant on yeah, that. Yeah, you know what? Pick. I talk, okay. almost talked myself out of that one. So I'm going to go Raiders over Chargers instead. Cool. I like it. Let's see. Do we have any more games? We have one more game on the slate Sunday we haven't covered. This is the Dolphins at four and three coming in, taking on the Cardinals, the five and two Cardinals cards at home favored by four and a half. And this was a game that was on the Action Network picks. And this game is actually moved. They got it at four. So Cardinals 
giving up four points over the Dolphins. Uh, I, this is not on my six-pack, obviously, but I'm going to take the Dolphins. I like the way the Dolphins are playing. I think we're going to see something from Tua as well. And like, obviously, he didn't do a lot last week in his first ever NFL start. Miles Gaskin out, the Dolphins running back situation's a little dicey. They're going to have to go to the air, and maybe they'll put a little bit more on his shoulders. I think we're going to see a little something from him this week. This is going to get really interesting with the Dolphins. And they've played really well against the NFC West this year. Yeah, I stayed away from this game because I really respect the Dolphins' defense, and they have two corners that can give DeAndre Hopkins a tough time. Like, I mean, I'm sure – I'm not saying bench DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy or anything right. like that, but – I bet Flores makes life tough on Hopkins and, you know, takes that away as much as possible. And it doesn't leave a ton else for Arizona. Um, so the Dolphins D is quite good. They're really well coached, but it's in Arizona and I'm with you. I think people are down on Tua. He had basic, I know they won, but he had a miserable, you know, opening day. I mean, they, they didn't move the ball at all. They benefited from a lot of things that were out of Tua's control basically to win. But I still, I think we'll see more out of him. But I just think that the quarterback edge is massively in Arizona's favor. It's in their building. Four and a half seems perfect number, though. But I'll take the cards. All right, that's it. That is all of the Sunday games, including our six-pack of best bets taken on the Action Network. It's going to be a wild week. This is going to get weird, I think, in the second half of the NFL season. Uh, I was a lot less confident this week than I think any other week so far this season when I was making the picks and looking at some of these matchups. And maybe that's because Las Vegas is learning a lot and using all that data they have about these teams over half of a year to make these lines a lot better and a lot closer. So it will be a lot of fun. There is a lot of... uh, uh, standings at stake with some of these teams and there's a lot of high draft picks at stake as well which is sometimes almost as much fun and for fans of certain teams a lot more fun to follow at this time of year so we'll break it all down for you monday right here peacock and williamson